Hello everyone and welcome back to Rainbow High Notes with me, Jacob Adams, and today I am joined with an absolute doll of a human. You might know them from Everybody's Talking About Jamie, Soho, Cinders and Fiverr. Please welcome Luke Bayer. Hello, how are you? I'm very good, enjoying the weather, how are you? Oh, I'm good thanks, enjoying the weather also. Yeah, oh it's just nice to get out of the house, isn't it? Yeah, oh my god, absolutely, I love it. So, how have you been keeping busy during lockdown? Um, I've been doing quite a lot of teaching, this, this, especially this lockdown. lockdown oh, three, gorgeous, yeah. Um, which I really enjoy. I've been doing quite a lot of like one-on-one -on -one singing lessons and some workshops and things, which has been keeping me busy. Um, and yeah, that, that's kind of it, really. Just a, a lot of teaching. I'm volunteering at a vaccination centre. So oh, how's that, that? A little bit as well. Um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm actually really enjoying it. It's good to... Um, Good to be doing something slightly different, meeting different people, meeting any people outside. Of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so uh, I've been enjoying that. So that's been kind of keeping me busy. So yeah. Oh, fantastic! Look at you doing your bit. Oh, I just my mum's doing it as well. So uh, me and my mum are both. Oh, going cute! And, and like, there's quite a few people from my village going, and we all just go and we all just talk all day and make it make it a nice experience for everyone that's that's working and everyone that's coming in and having the vaccine. So. Yeah. Oh, gorgeous. So what is it you're actually doing there? You're not administering it, are you? No, I'm not. I'm not vaccinating. I said I'd love to, um, but I <laughs> am like guiding people in and telling them where to go and just that kind of thing. Um, oh, I would cute, love to vaccinate yeah. people, but I, I think I'd be I'd be quite. <laughs> so um, I'll start with the question I ask everybody. How, how did you get interested in performing? When did you start performing? Um, I have performed probably as long as I can remember. Um, as a child, I was extremely confident. I had no inhibitions. Um, I would sing for you, throw water bombs at people. I was quite mischievous. I wasn't naughty. I was just mischievous um, as a child. Yeah. And I always sung for as long as I can remember, to be honest. Um, I started doing amateur shows when I was like seven. And I would say that's when I kind of started to take it a little bit more seriously and was concerned about having a problem. Oh, amazing. What shows did you do? Um, I did Bugsy Malone when I was seven. I played Babyface. <laughs> and I remember oh, getting classic. that part and getting those lines and being like, oh my God, I have made it. I'm a star. I've got four lines. Um, and best believe I made those four oh, lines. Oh, yeah. Best, it was, for me, it was the Splurge Guns. Yeah, literally. Oh my God, I lived yeah, my life. I sure. loved that show. Um and I auditioned for Fizzy. Do you know the one that sings tomorrow, tomorrow never comes? I, yeah, I sweeping the floor. Yeah, about three times in different productions and I never got that role. And I was obviously wounded because um, it was like a dream role as a child and I never got oh. it. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, and, God. Then, and then I did a show called Dracula Spectacular, which is about Dracula. And I that was the first show that God, I got like, that a singing amazing. role. And then I had my own song called be silent and attentive to me. And I remember literally being like so excited that I got to sing my own song. And I actually found the yeah, script completely. recently for, that, I, that I used when I was maybe like nine or 10 and all my lines are highlighted. It's very professional. It's very, very formal because I had to make sure I got it right. <laughs> oh yeah, those school productions were everything at the time, weren't they? Literally, like I used to do them at a, a local theatre company um, called Little Sods. And... Um, and we took it really seriously like it was such a good company and looking back I was very lucky to have been able to go to somewhere like that 
at such a young age. Um, and I met so many like amazing people and friends that I'm still friends with now from doing those shows. And yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously you were interested in musical theatre. Was there like a cast album or a film that you would play on loop? Um, ooh, um, I always, I remember, because I did, I did Les Mis when it ca- first came out as a school's edition. I think we were one of the first companies to do this. Yeah, I saw you post it on your Instagram, a clip. Yeah, that's so, so wild when I'm singing all the stuff like <laughs> two octaves higher than it's supposed to be. Brilliant. Um, and, it was um, a choice. Yeah, it's, it's a choice. And um, uh, what was my, what was I going to say? My brain's just gone. Um, oh, Les Mis, school's edition. And I remember watching the 10th anniversary concert with Michael Ball, Leia Salonga, yeah. Ruthie Henshaw, and I remember just being in awe of that, um, and just, yeah, just loving yeah, that. Yeah, I love that as well. I think, for me, that's like, such an iconic version of Les Mis, and Ruthie Henshaw in that, and Leia Salonga, <whistles> just amazing. Like Yeah, great. So amazing. Colm Wilkinson, big fan, big, big fan. Um, listening to Grace's podcast, you then went on to do X Factor at 4C, won't yeah. talk about it too much but <laughs> how how was that experience like being at school not like how did the other kids treat you oh i mean you mean how were the other kids with me at school once i'd done it yeah but like when they're like wow he's on the x factor you know uh yeah it was it was wow he's on the x factor because i remember going yeah. back to school and going to the co-op which which when you got to a certain age at school you were allowed to go uptown i remember yeah great felt like you were like i've nailed it i can go uptown now so anyway we went uptown and i remember being on the front of one of the papers in the co-op which obviously for like (sighs) a 14 year old just so exciting in the north it was pretty cool and i was like whoa and everyone was like oh my god and like people were asking me to sign their planners and (laughs) you've got to laugh It's, it's very funny so i was obviously signing people's planners um I did like a concert, a charity concert in the school to raise money. I think it might have been for children in need or something. And yeah, and that was in a lunch break and people paid to come and watch me sing. So yeah, it was, it was wild. Oh, Obviously you get the occasional nasty comment, but I always just kind of saw that as jealousy. Yeah, well. Like people were always going to say whatever they were going to say. And I don't know. I think you've kind of got to have a thick skin to just be like, oh, whatever. Because equally, if you if you weren't there, if you weren't there, you didn't experience it. You don't know. You don't know it. You don't understand how it works and ha- what happened. So say what you want, because I know what happened. Do you know what I mean? And that was kind of a good kind yeah, of. Yeah, you're still mechanism. paying for my concert at lunch. Yeah, yeah. I'll see you at my concert. Pay you two quid, and I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> Could you talk about how you landed your. Uh, job in everybody's talking about Jamie like you started off as a swing and understudy right yes yeah yeah so could you just talk about how that came about um so I uh, it's, it's a funny story with Jamie because I was doing another show called Yank at the Hope Mill in Manchester at yeah. the time and a couple of friends of mine had seen Jamie in Sheffield and it was only on for two weeks it was on for a limited run and it sold out I tried to get a ticket couldn't get a ticket and I was like oh such a shame because I really wanted to see that and um if actually going back even before that, when I was at Mountview, Cleve September, who I think you probably know from like Hamilton in, in the Heights, yes, that was in my year at college. He did one of the Jamie workshops when we were still at college. And I remember right, him telling me um, about it and telling me the, the story of the show and like the kind of music. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds right up my street. I really want to do that. Didn't know anything about it, but I was like, oh my God. Yes. And obviously I love new musical theater. So I just thought, 
New Musical Theatre, couldn't talk then, really good. Uh, I love New Musical Theatre, and I just was like, oh my God, that sounds right up my street. So um, anyway, time goes by, and then a couple of friends of mine saw it in Sheffield, and they called me and said, I've seen Jamie in Sheffield. That show 100% will transfer to the West End. It's unbelievable. And when it does, John McCree will need an understudy, and it's you. And I was like, oh my God, really? And they were like, yeah, fully, like... If there's a part for you, it's that one. And I was like, Oh, that's oh so sweet. Yeah. So I was like, Oh my God. Okay, cool. So anyway, then I downloaded the concept album and that was in maybe like early 2017. And I fell in love with the music. I fell in love with Wall in My Head and just was like, Oh my God, this album is amazing. And then obviously I, I heard it was coming to town and um, I pushed to get an audition for it and got an audition. And a couple of auditions later, I got the job. And it was it was just a bit of a blur oh, because I, I felt like up until that point, I'd had a lot of unsuccessful auditions. Um, I'd gone in for things and got quite far and then not got it. And I just was feeling quite disheartened. I remember at that time strongly feeling like maybe this is the universe telling me this isn't for me and maybe I should do something else. Um, so I was kind of starting to look oh. into what other things I would do if I wasn't a performer. Um, yeah, I was really kind of down in in terms of just feeling a bit, rejected because i'd had a lot of rejections one after the other for different things and then yeah and then jamie came up and i i remember just thinking do you know what i'm gonna put into the universe that i'm gonna get this i'm gonna manifest it i'm gonna learn that script i'm gonna learn those songs and i'm gonna go in that room and i'm gonna have fun and show my personality and that's what i did but i think it kind of gave me the the kick up the bum to kind of just go into that room and just enjoy myself um and i say this a lot when i teach but as performers it's so easy to forget why we started performing in the first place. And we do it because we love it. And it's Mm. so important sometimes to reset and remind yourself of that so that you can go into the room and you can be the fun and the, the the best version of yourself. And you're not going in and being hard on yourself and judging yourself before you've even done anything or opened your mouth or said anything. Um, And I feel like I'd kind of got to that point that I was judging myself in every way possible, um, which wasn't going to do me any favors. And that audition, I just went in and was like, I'm just going to have fun because I love this show. I love this music and I could do this. And I fully believe that I could do it. And it happened. Oh, you, yeah, you were so good. Do you remember the first time you went on? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I didn't go on. The show <laughs> opened in the November. Uh, I think previews might have been October. Mm. And um, I went on March the, I think it was the 17th or something, sometime around then. And I'd obviously had, by that point, I'd had my first cover run and there was no second cover. There was mm. only me and John in the building that played the role. So I'd done my first cover run and then they'd done a second cover run with all the second covers. But because there was no second cover, Jamie, I'd got to do the second cover run as well. So I'd had multiple runs of the show as Jamie. Oh, right. So I felt so prepared. I was so ready to go when it came. Um, not that that made it any less daunting because I used to watch John in the audience and just be in complete awe of him. I think he's a superstar. And seeing him as Jamie, mm. I was like, that boy is a star. How am I ever going to get on that stage yeah. and command that space like he has? Because he was just perfection. And um, and I remember on my way, I was going on my way into work. And even, as you'll know, even as a swing or an understudy, you still have to be in the building in case someone goes off during the show or, or anything like that. So obviously I was going into work and I, I was scooting. So I have a little scooter and I was scooting to the train station. And the company manager called and said, hi, Luke, hope you're okay. And I was like, yes, are you? And she was like, yes, John McCree's off the show tonight. And I was like, what? And she was like, John McCree is off the show. She was like, don't panic. You're going to be fine. She was like, get here as soon as you can. We'll run a few bits and you're good to go. And I was like, oh. And it, it, to be honest, looking back now, it didn't kind of hit me how big a deal it was. 
Yeah. It's 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 surreal looking back because obviously John was the only person ever that had played Jamie before I got to go and play that role. And I had such humongous shoes to fill. But I didn't that didn't even phase me at the time. It's it completely went over my head because I was so in the zone of I need to go on that stage, I need to give my Jamie, I need to give the best version I can give. And also I wanted to I just wanted to enjoy it as well. That thing, going back to enjoying it. And and for me, I always think that when, you, when you're in a show, the audience are paying however much money to come and see that show and to come and escape for two, three hours and to be told a story and to feel something, whether it's to feel ecstatic, to feel sad, to feel all these different emotions. And I was like, I need to go on and, and, and give the best show I can give, whatever that show is. Um, and and that's just kind of what I did. And it, I, it the first show just kind of went by in a bit of a blur and it got to the end. And I remember thinking, what if mm. I get to the end of the show and I'm stood in that doorway giving it shh and no one's clapping and everyone's like, boo. <laughs> <laughs> no one's laughing, yeah. <laughs> because we didn't know. At that point, we didn't know if if the audience would be on board. Like, like, like I said before, John was so amazing in the role that by the end of the show, you were fully with him. I was fully with him every single time. Like, oh my God, amazing. And I was like, what if people don't feel that way with my performance? Which was nerve wracking, but thankfully it it went really well. Well, obviously everybody loved you because you won that uh, Broadway World Best Performance by an Understudy Award. I did, I did. Which was amazing. How insane is it to be recognised even as an understudy? Yeah, I mean, it it was crazy and... It was from from going on in the March. I then got quite a lot of time on um, from then forward into the summer and stuff. And obviously, Jamie's a very demanding role. So I was very lucky that I got to go on quite a lot. And then from the October, I became the alternate for my last few months of the contract. So I had my own shows as well each week, which was amazing. And it was great to know that I was going to be on specific shows so people could come and see me. Um, and yeah, just, just to be recognized. Cause we don't, we don't do it for that reason. That's not why we do it. We do it because we want to tell stories and we want to, it is, it, what it's amazing. What Jamie really, really showed me is that theater can change people's lives, which especially at this point, theater is so important. Like the amount of people I would meet at, after the show and I'd be stood, I'd be stood at stage door for literally two hours after the show. And I'd be like, I actually really need to go cause I've missed my train. Um, and I've got two shows tomorrow, <laughs> but the amount of people that it changed their lives, it was incredible. Um, and that's why we do it. But to be recognized and, and given an award for your work is just kind of surreal and amazing. And honestly, I was so grateful for that and really shocked. <laughs> I didn't expect to win that. And I remember finding <laughs> out I'd got it on a, on a double show day. I was, it was a double show day as Jamie and I'd done the matinee and I was having some dinner with some friends in the dressing room between shows and someone came down they were like, oh my God, Luke, you've won this award. And I was like, what? Yeah. And it was, it was amazing. Yeah, it's so lovely. Yeah. Uh, so do you have a memorable interaction of meeting someone at the stage door? Because that show speaks to so many different people of different ages. Oh my God. So I, like, I couldn't, to be honest, I couldn't pinpoint one because I've met so many amazing people mm. and so many people that I still see now and like, I do a lot of my own concerts and, and different shows and things. And the same people still come and support, um, still come and support me in my work, which is amazing. And I'm very, very grateful for, um, but, but it's, it's amazing. Like there were so many younger people that, that came to see the show when they were like 13, 14, that are now like young adults that are like 18, 
yeah, like four years down the line. They're maybe yes. like fourteen at the time. They're now like eighteen, and they they've kind of they're really strong in themselves, and it's it's just really amazing and inspiring to see that these young people are so confident in themselves um, and and who they've become. And I think I feel like shows like Jamie have helped those people find that in themselves and find that inner strength to be like this is me this is who I am and that's amazing and I love that and it's amazing to have actually now have seen those people's journeys and their growth which and I, I know Jamie has helped yeah, them I know Jamie a lot of them have said Jamie was literally a lifeline for me and even parents parents that have come with with children that they might not have been able to understand their struggles and they've seen Jamie's story and seen Jamie and his mum's story and their connection with each other and they've gone and they've literally said to me at stage start I fully get it I get it I get it and and right. like it's just yeah. that is amazing I've literally got goosebumps saying that because it's amazing to for for that <laughs> to create that yeah it's really important to be exposing people to queer stories absolutely because it's based on a real person as well exactly that exactly that and obviously Jamie and his mum came to a lot of the shows and they met a lot of people and they're just the loveliest people. And they were so grateful for, for their story being told. And it's amazing that that story has been able to reach out and help so many people and will and we'll continue to forever now. And it's gone global. It's gone worldwide. It's been made into a film, all these amazing things from this little show in Sheffield that's now gone to the West End. And it's just gone. It's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And long live Jamie. Long live Jamie. <laughs> um so you were saying like when you went on you found your own Jamie did you actually uh get to make your own choices or was it very much you had to fill John McCree's high heels no you know what it I mean? was it was very very free uh it was always very much Luke this is your Jamie like and as well because as as myself and Jamie and uh, myself and John sorry and Jamie's going forward we've all got our own skill sets do you know what I mean? We've all got different Definitely. skills, um, and um, and and I think it's important that that we're able to use those skills to to give our, our best Jamie and um, and we've all got different experiences. And I think so much of acting comes from your own experiences and finding those emotions from somewhere. And and I and I and that was very very freeing and amazing to go on that stage and be able to make choices and and different choices and new choices and that's exciting that's really exciting for me to just go on stage and go oh my god that felt so different today because we did this and this and this but that's fine it it, it wasn't like you have to stand obviously you've got to like you be in the right kind of spaces and blocking and stuff because that's how the show runs but you're still very much allowed to make your own choices um and I think my Jamie and John's Jamie was were very different Jamie's um, and, and, and I was lucky because I'd obviously got to see John in the show and I was like, oh my God, I love how he does that. And I watched John do some things and I was like, I love that. And I, that's amazing. But I couldn't do that. Like there was little like movementy things. And I was like, that looks so cool in John, on John, on, on John's body. But John was taller than me and like, he looked like a model. He was just like so glamorous and, and yeah, just, some of the striking. stuff just didn't look right on my body. So it was about making things work for me. Um, you know, so and 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 also that kind of took the pressure off a little bit as well because it it was kind of that thing of knowing that what I was doing was enough because I was making my own choices and they were authentic yeah. choices if that makes sense brilliant yeah well um it seems you like you only do really british shows because <laughs> further down the line you did soho cinders yeah yeah so um for the people who may not be from the uk do you want to just explain the plot of it um so soho cinders is 
Uh, it's based on the premise of Cinderella, and I played Robbie, which who is Cinderella, and he. I can't, do you know what? I don't know if I can remember it. <laughs> it feels like such a long time ago. Wow. Um, so I played Robbie, who uh, essentially it's based on Cinderella, and he um, goes to the ball at the end of Act One. He falls in love with the, the the mayor of London, and there's a few obstacles and things in the way. He's got a best friend, Velcro, um, that Millie O'Connell played, um, and he's got two ugly stepsisters who own the laundrette that he works in in Soho. And, uh, and, and yeah, it was, it was a really, really fun show. And a, again, a, a different show and a show I'd kind of heard of and I knew some of the music, but not very well. Um, and that kind of came up at the Charing yeah. Cross, which was a venue I'd always wanted to work at. And I think the, the piece is a really good piece of theater. And I love the writers. I love Styles and Drew and Elliot Davis. Um, I think they're really great. And again, amazing British writers, um, and not that I exclusively do British yeah. stuff, but I do. I love like homegrown <laughs> British musicals. I think they're ama- amazing, but there is also amazing American ones. That show just seemed like a Christmas show when it was on it in December. It was just so fun and happy. Uh, a lot of people said that. A lot of people were like, it's like a musical pantomime. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, I can see that. Um, but it was, it was an, I think it was a nice time to do that show. It felt like a good time to be doing that show. Um, and I think it was a really good uh, venue for that show. And there was there was a lot of people yeah. that would come and see the show at the Charing Cross, have a drink in the players' bar afterwards, and then go to heaven. Mm. And I'd be like, yes, live your lives. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd come yeah. with you, but I need to go home and rest my voice because we've got two shows tomorrow. <laughs> rest again. <laughs> <laughs> How was it uh, performing uh, on that Traverse stage? Was it a new experience for you? Um, yes, it was. it was a completely different experience. Obviously... I love performing in different spaces like that because different spaces have their own like advantages and challenges and uh, challenges yeah. as a performer as well to be like, how am I, how can I keep this real and authentic without like looking like I'm specifically turning around to face both sides of the audience. Um, and it was something you mm, kind of had to consciously yeah. be aware of um, to make sure you were, you were seen by everyone in the audience. But I think there was so much going on in that, on, in that, on the stage that, you could always see someone at some point, whether they, they turn around or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was really cool, actually. I, I enjoyed that. And it was a different experience working that way. Yeah, definitely. It's different uh, experience altogether because you can see the other audience's reactions as uh-huh. well. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a third character on stage. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you could you could see everyone like fully. And then not then like in Jamie, I couldn't see anyone in the audience. Couldn't see a person. <laughs> Until the end of the show when people were like stood up and the lights were a little bit higher and we were having a party. But Yeah. Uh so what was it like uh sort of originating a role in like a revival for Soho Cinders? Um, it was amazing. Again, um again I felt very lucky because obviously with Jamie, uh I got I was like the second person to ever play the role, so I got my own spin on it. And then Soho Cinders, it was like a whole new production of this show. And um, they, again, they very much wanted to kind of update it in terms of they wanted it to be set now. And I think the show is maybe 10 years old now. So even between 2010 and 20, 2020, why can't I count? Help. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, God, what's 10 years? <laughs> between that 10 years, there's there's a lot of things have changed, like social media, like so many things have, have influenced. Right. right? And, um, and all that kind of thing came into it and... Yeah, it was it was 
it was amazing to just kind of, again, put my own spin on it. And we kind of, I got to kind of play around with it vocally as well, put a few little riffs in here and there, and which I love. Yeah, you sound great on it. <laughs> um, oh, thank you. But um, I did get in trouble sometimes because they were like, Luke, that's too far. And I'd be like, sorry. Um, but <laughs> but it was really, really fun. And I love working with <laughs> Millie. I had so much fun with Millie. She's so much fun to be on stage with. And it was a really, really fun cast and company. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was a, a, a really fun experience. Uh, do you have a particular moment that stands out for you? Maybe like a mishap or something? Um, there was once a day, this is this was honestly so funny. Um, so at the start, did you see the show? At the start, the start of the show, you've got Old yeah. Compton Street and then it goes into, um, not waving through a window, that's Dear Evan Hansen, what's the song called? Wishing for the Normal, <laughs> um, the duet. And um, me and Millie were sat on the block looking at each other, singing to each other and the the sound had gone wrong somehow and it was distorting on the stage so the the piano in it was playing it was like dum 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 but it was like through the through the the performances on the stage so obviously we were like just 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 imagine like obviously singing thankfully in tunish but it was so weird and both of us were like i just needed to laugh we we didn't laugh but we came off and we just laughed yeah because we were like what was happening because it was the most surreal thing and something had, had like malfunctioned in the sound or like a cable was loose or something and it just distorted the sound and it was so funny. That was a that was a highlight. And there was oh, another I would time have cracked when up. I wouldn't be able to stop it, that. It was, it was so funny. And there was another time when someone had given me a um, chocolate iPhone as a gift at stage door. And towards one of the my last right. shows, I said, I said oh, I'm going to take that on at the end of Act 1 when I drop it. And because Tori's character... Um, Marilyn has to pick it up and I was like I'm going to drop the chocolate phone and she'll have to pick it up and she stood on stage and obviously it's hot and it might melt in her hands and it'll be really funny so I dropped the chocolate phone she came <laughs> off and she was like she's a scouser she was like Mace oh, honestly I can't with you Mace honestly you nearly threw me off so funny no, we, were, we were laughing about it she was like Mace honestly I thought it was the chocolate phone <laughs> so but, but that was just a little prank towards the end of the run I was like I'm going to get you Tori Oh, uh, like I said, only British shows and uh, Fiverr at the Suffolk Playhouse. Another British one. Yeah. Yeah. It's exclusively British. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we had um, Huber on and she said you had a really short rehearsal process. What's your recollection um, of that? We had, we had six days, I think, or five days yeah. to rehearse the whole show. That was like, yeah, to rehearse the everything, the lines, the, the singing, the five-part harmony songs, everything. Insane. Which was insane. Um, and I originally wasn't supposed to be doing the show. And um, so I was doing Main Men of Musicals at Cadogan Hall. And um, I think it got to the interval of the show and I had a missed call from Alex Ellison. And I was like, oh, that's, that's random. Like, I speak mm. to Alex, he's a friend of mine, but we hadn't spoken in a while. And I was like, oh, I wonder what he's calling me for on a Friday night at nine o'clock. And he left me a voicemail saying, hey, Luke, um, really random, but don't suppose you fancy doing Fiverr, do you, at the Southern Playhouse in July? And I was like, what? So anyway, I called him back after the show and I was like, what do you mean? He was like, um, I think they adjusted it. And the character that I ended up playing was supposed to be the busker and that my character and the busker were all one part, which would have been one humongous part. So they cut it. So it was my part mm. and then the busker. And um and yeah, they said, oh, can you do it? And I said, oh, yeah, okay. And then they said, oh, if you if you can, can you come to a photo shoot tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock? <laughs> so the following morning, I went and had oh, the press photos. <laughs> and then the, and the, they were the photos that were released for what's on stage and stuff to announce the show and the cast. And then 
Mm. I think maybe two weeks later, we did six days of rehearsals over two weeks and then the show opened. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't really know much about oh, the show. That's before. Crazy. I just knew I, I, I love Alex. I really respect Alex. I think he's really amazing. Uh, and Dan Buckley and Heber were friends of mine from Mount View. And I didn't know Aoife before that. Mm. And we're now very, very good friends. And I just kind of thought, oh, yeah, that sounds fun because the people doing it are amazing. And I love the Southwark Playhouse as well. I'd always wanted to perform. I love that venue. So I thought, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. Mm. A new musical as well. I love new musicals. So I kind of just jumped in and went with it. <laughs> and I'm glad I did. Yeah. Uh, what was your favourite moment on stage or off working with those uh, five people. Oh, we've had the, we've had the best times, and I mean, I'm hopeful that the show will come back again in a full production because I just love the show. I think it's so British, so funny, so sad. It's got everything in it. I think. I think it's an ingenious idea of a show, like a concept to Great follow idea. a five pound note because it's so simple, but it, it touches on so many different subjects. I love the show. Um, we've had so many moments between us we're all quite silly people we're all like quite jokey and and play around so that's that's always mm. really fun we're all very much on the same page and it's very very much a team and that goes um to like the the band the musical director tom who also wrote the show with alex um the sound the lighting everyone we all just got on so well um and yeah it was it was the, the what would i say was the funniest moment um, we've had loads, but I would say in the concert recently, we were doing um, we were doing a sound check and we were singing "Freedom is the light that burns in your heart." Uh, and there's the bit where we all sing um, "Carry me with you and you'll always belong in your." And that bit, and we all overlap. And ju- it was just a sound check, so thankfully it wasn't a live performance. Mm. But I'd miscounted and I belted out the big note, and we hadn't got to that bit yet, and everyone <laughs> else was still singing, and we just we were literally crying, laughing because everyone was like oh my God, I can't. And and I thought if that had happened on the actual thing, I don't know what I'd have done. But I just obviously had a momentary blip of, I just skipped a bit of the music and then I was so lost and confused. Um, but there was loads of moments. And I remember <laughs> the first ever preview, we were all sat in the little dressing room upstairs and we were like, guys, love you all. You're going to be amazing. But if you mess up, I'm so sorry. I can't help you because I barely know my own stuff. <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> you're there, like Shay. I was like, I can't remember who said that, but I was literally just like, yeah, fair enough, because I couldn't help you. And I remember one of the days I literally skipped an entire scene because I forgot the lines. We skipped the whole scene and just went straight to the song. <laughs> On one of the previews, like the very first previews. Because oh, it was so fresh in my mind. The lines and things were so fresh. And obviously thinking about the blocking, moving costumes, moving set, moving all these things. Um, and it was boiling as well at the Southwark Playhouse, like, the first year we did it, the temperature, there was no air conditioning in the little studio. And honestly, I think Aoife passed out one day at the end of the show. <gasps> oh, no. so we got to the top of the stairs and she was like, guys, I feel a bit dizzy. I don't know. She's Irish. I couldn't, that was a very bad accent. And then she just, and she just passed out. And, we're like, <laughs> Get her. and that we literally lived on um, what they called like frozen jellies. We used to eat them all the time. We used to get sent them to the Southern mm. Playhouse and eat them. And we were like, get her a frozen jelly. <laughs> 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 and then she was and then she was fine i was like the frozen jelly would save her i knew it i knew it yeah it cures everything yeah of course it does and now there's a cast album coming out literally and i've just received my copy today of the cd and it's stunning like justin who did oh, the set and everything for it's amazing and the, the cd looks stunning and it sounds great like i've had it on repeat not my songs i always skip them but i literally am obsessed with everyone else and i listen to all their songs <laughs> 
Is it your first Cass album or did you do one for Jamie? I did the Jamie one. Yeah, I'm on the Jamie one. Um, and then Fiverr. And then there's I've, there's a few other little bits out there from things uh, like Millennials, uh, which is another new British musical um, that I <laughs> was involved with. Um, I recorded a track for my friend Elliot Clay, who I went to Mountview with, who is a phenomenal talent and writer. Um, and he's launching Millennials. Um, which I think will be amazing. So if people aren't familiar with Millennials, check it out on iTunes and Spotify. And there's my single is called See You and Jodie Steele's got another one uh, called Remember the Feeling. And there's another one called 21st Century, 21st Century Girl. And the girl called Lisa Olivant sings that. And they're all amazing. Absolute bops. Oh, great. Yeah. So how does it feel for that show to be immortalized now? Because people will listen for that uh, to that for ages now. Amazing. And I... I'm so grateful that it has been because I think we, we've had such a special time on that show. And I think with new theatre, um, it's always such a risk. You don't know if people are like it. And I remember when we first started Fiverr and we were like, do people like this or will people like this? Or Because we love the music and we love the show, mm-hmm. but you can be in a show and love it. But people watching it are like, oh, I didn't get it. Or And things open and close all the time. Um, but the the way people fell in love with Fiverr and from the off were like, I need to be able to hear that music. I need to listen to it. Um, and it's amazing seeing people cover it. And someone messaged me the other day and said that um, a student of theirs had sung one of the songs to get into drama school. And they got into drama school with one of the Fiverr songs. And I was like, what? Wow. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. How does it feel for that? Because definitely kids will be listening to that being like, I'm going to aspire to be that. Yeah. I, do, I mean, that's amazing, to be honest. Because for me, it was always a dream to be on a cast recording. I've bought, like, I was having a clear out of my room recently and I was going through, like, I had a box full of just cast albums of, like, the original Wicked cast album, um, all these Broadway cast albums yeah. and Western cast albums. And it was always my dream to be on one. So to have been on the original Jamie one and then on Fiverr, and it's amazing. I feel very, very grateful and it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I'd be so excited. Yeah. Right. Um, let's get to some uh, questions that. People have sent in. Sure. First off, everyone wants to know what is your dream role. That's a classic question. Um, I actually was thinking this the other day because I get asked this one quite a few times, and I never have a specific answer. Um, I've got, I've got three. Okay, so my first one I'm going to say is okay. Hit me with them. Um, a role that's not been written yet, so a brand new role that someone says, Luke, we've got this new role and we'd love you to play it. And I'll be like, yes, please. That's number one. Number two, I would love to play Gabe in Next to Normal. Mm. That's a dream role for me. Uh, I love that show and I love the music. And my third one is Leo Frank in Parade because I just love that show. Oh, great. I think that is such... solid answers. Oh, it's such a stunning show and the music is unreal. I just did a cover of one of the songs with... um, a 2020 graduate from Mountview this year called Karen Wilkinson, who I think is like a young Laura Michelle Kelly. She is unreal. Um, and we've just done a cover of one of the songs <laughs> together. So I'm hopefully going to drop that in the next few days, but I just love it. I think the music in that, and I love the story. Um, obviously I don't love it cause it's not a nice topic, but I, I think it's a, it's a real story and that it's based on real people and you can do research and I love history and I love reading about things. And I just find it really, really interesting. First, sent in question is uh, the first thing you want to do when lockdown ends so it's the 21st of june what do you do um see my friends in a beer garden and have lots of drinks oh, that's all i want i just <laughs> want a cider outside 
I'm hoping it's a really sunny day. And I haven't had a drink since like September last year. Um, <gasps> I'm not really a huge wow. drinker anyway. For me, fizzy drinks is my vice. But um, uh, I'm not a massive alcohol drinker. But I do like to have a drink if I'm going on a night out or something. So I'll, I'll look forward to having a drink then. Um, so that's exciting. And, and hopefully see some theater. I want to go see some friends in shows. And there's quite a lot of things that with friends that friends are in. And I've said, Oh my God, I need to come and see you do this. And I didn't get a chance to see it before. I haven't seen Evan Hansen in town yet. So I want to go and see that. Um, yeah. So there's, I've got a long list of things I want to go see. Um, but definitely, and, and I'll probably even have a drink when I go to the theater. Cause why not? I might have a gin and tonic. I might treat myself. So if you see me, come say hi, because I'll probably be drunk. <laughs> this is quite a good question. I love this one. Whose music would you want uh, turned into a musical? A jukebox musical? Really good question. Love that. Never been asked that. Um, I'm obsessed with an artist called Fiusia. I hope I've said that right, because I'm terrible at pronunciation. Um, but it's spelled F-A-O-U-Z-I-A. She is unreal, like her album. She's got an EP called Stripped and she's just released a song with John Legend called Minefields. Um, and she's unreal. Okay. Her vocals, the, like, the, it, or I can listen to her and I can tell, like, the story behind it. Um, and I love that. She's got such depth in her voice and, like, range. And I just think that would, re I don't know. I love, I love that EP and I would love to see how that could be kind of moved across into a musical of some description. I think that would be amazing. So, and if you don't know that EP, oh. you should download because she is unreal. Uh, the next one is, oh, tell us about the first time you got up and sang. Do you remember the first time singing in front of people? Um, no, I don't really. Um, I think I always just kind of did it, to be honest. I can't remember a specific time when I got up and sung. Um, I remember I've, I've got videos from when I was like a young teenager and my voice was starting to break of me singing at things. And I was genuinely literal car crash, like so unbelievably bad. I think I'll probably try and <laughs> like get it off and post it on my socials just so people can have a laugh because it is so funny. I'm so bad trying to sing, bring him home. Oh, great. And my voice is just a hot mess all over the shop. It's just <laughs> really funny. So, um, I remember doing things like that and that's kind of when I became a bit more conscious and a bit more worried about my voice. But until that point, I, I just kind of wasn't very phased. Mm. Um, I can't remember a specific first yeah. time. Have you developed any pre-show rituals? Um, I drink a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of water when, I, when I'm in a show because um, that mm. really, really, really affects my voice. Even today, I know today I've not drunk enough water. So if I was to sing today, I'd be like, and obviously at the minute we've got one <laughs> in the house and stuff like that. And that really dries me out. Um, so I drink a lot of water. Um, I, I normally had a, a throat coat tea, uh, which I like to have. I don't know whether it does anything, but I liked having it <laughs> before the show and having it in the wings. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, I think it's just more general looking after yourself. I think you've got to be more aware of maintaining your health and getting good sleep. Sleep is so important. So it's kind of like a procedural thing up to the show as opposed to something just before the show. But I don't like to be stood in the wings too long before the show starts. Like they give you like the five minute call and I'm like, okay, oh, okay. okay. I try and put off getting there as much as I can. And then I'll get there as the show is starting and just walk straight on. Because otherwise I freak out and I'm like, I can't remember the first line. 
it gives me too much time to think and then I self-doubt and then I come up with other lines that aren't the actual lines. <laughs> Whereas if I just go straight on and get on with <laughs> Maybe it, this I'm one's there better. I'm, exactly, I'm just on it and then I know what I'm doing. So <laughs> it's, um, it's a weird one, but that's my, uh, my process. Oh, that's fun. Uh, we've got one more. Oh, have you ever worked any non-theatre jobs? Probably have. Um, and if so, do you have any stories from them? Yes, I do. Um, I've worked front of house. I worked front of house at Wicked um, when I left college in 2015. I worked at Wicked. I've worked front of house at gyms. Um, I've worked... Where have I worked? I've worked everywhere. Um, I worked in an office. I worked at AKA, who do a lot of the media marketing for shows. I was the office assistant and mm. runner for them, and I loved that job. That was a really fun job. I met loads of really lovely people, made a lot of friends. I remember I remember when we used to work front of house, actually. This is a good story. Well, I don't know if it even is a good story, okay. but I remember it. This was funny to me at the time. Maybe I'll tell you it, and you'll be like, Luke, that's not funny. But um, we used to have to change <laughs> the bins. Once the show had started, you'd have to go into like the lobby and empty all the bins yeah. with black bin bags. And um, I worked there front of house with Heber. And obviously, I said to you earlier, me and Heber are like besties. <laughs> we're like best friends. We speak every day for hours. And um, mm. we were literally screaming, laughing, because we were like... We we hid Heber in a black bin bag, <laughs> and they were like, "One is like, where's Heber?" And we were like, "Don't know." And Heber was just like in this little blimp, this black bin bag. We just hidden her in the black bin bag, and we were just messing around. That was the kind of silly things we did. And they were like, "You need to do your job, guys." And we were like, "We are," but we were like getting it. Like I think I got in the black bin bag as well. We were like putting each other in the black bin bags. It's very childish, but it was very very funny. That's how we spent our time. And then we'd go to the weather spoons <laughs> after the shift and eat chocolate fudge cake for hours. And that's that's the way to do it, guys. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much for talking to me, Luke. Thanks for having me. It's been it's been fun, and I love your channel. Oh, no, I love watching your great. videos and things you post. You post amazing material and content. Well, thank you. Where can people follow you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on. I have got TikTok, but I don't really understand it. I feel like I'm a little bit old. No, I don't get terrifying. it either. Um, and my at, my username is at Luke Bayer across all channels. So please feel free to drop in, say hi. And if you want to listen to Fiverr that we were discussing earlier, it comes out officially on iTunes on the 5th of March. Definitely. Um, so yeah, check it out and have a listen. You can pre-order it right at the moment. You can pre-order it. And if you pre-order it, you get four of the tracks released, sent to you early, which is cool. Um, or you can get the album, which Great, what is, is really, really cute. It comes in like a little nice little paper thing. It's on two discs little picture of us in it it's it's very cute and we actually got, i got sent a poster oh, cute. i don't know if they're still sending out posters but i know they were sending posters to the first 100 people that bought them which is already gone so um so yeah so if you want to get a copy get one soon perfect well thank you so much for doing this it's been an absolute pleasure and we'll see you guys next time don't clap on me argentina the truth is I never left me All through my wild days, my mad existence I kept my promise